Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. So as we've been talking about, it is halfway through the year. Actually, um, Tuesday is the halfway point of the year, um, just because of the quirk of the calendar. But uh, but probably in all of our mental thinking, at least we come to the end of six months, and uh, we're moving into the second half of the year as of tomorrow, which is pretty amazing. At our home group this week, um, on Tuesday night, we, we talked about... Um, what was happening in the second half of our year that we knew about, obviously, because obviously lots of things that you don't know about happen in a year. And one of the things that I was really um, amazed by, um, probably shouldn't have been, is all of us who were there at the group, I think there were seven, seven people there, we all had really significant things to share. You know, it was all, all things that were, you know, maybe big. You know, there were job things or family things or, you know, things that were on our mind. And, and it became quite a powerful thing as we prayed for the second half of the year. I, I felt like that was, that was quite significant as coming into this um, Sunday to be able to share something of that. And then I sort of, you know, bizarrely thought about, Hollywood and sports movies and uh, halftime team talks. And so that was profound. And Hollywood is occasionally profound. And I thought you couldn't do a halftime message without having some halftime messages. Eh? So this is maybe. But not. you can walk through those doors, hold your heads up you high, recognize. and call yourselves ducks. Ducks fly Pain heels. Cheeks dig scars. No one into our house and pushes us around. We have the opportunity to play like gods for the next half of football. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? If you can do that, gentlemen, Sorry about that. we will be perfect for a bunch of Mexican baseball players. That ain't too bad. Let's go. Let's go. Now, so Calvin, I would say you've seen all of those movies. Yeah, several times. I don't think I've seen, I'm a sports fan. I don't think I've seen any of those movies. Even Mighty Ducks, which my kids as teenagers played repeatedly, weekly or something like that, it seemed, for so long. Fran, you've seen them um, quite a lot and you're not such a sports nut. So there you go. Anyway, all of that has nothing to do with my message today. It's sort of, it's not like a halftime team talk, but you, you can't. You can't sort of resist something like that along the way. So not a halftime team talk, but more, I guess, as we come to the end of a period of a year, an opportunity to pause, uh, to consider briefly what's gone before. More significantly, though, I think project and look into what we've got ahead of us and to invite God into it. 
What a, what a thing we could do if indeed we did that. That's what it felt like we did at home group during the week. It's like, well, we, we talked about some of these big things maybe that we had coming up for us this year. And then we allowed space to be able to pray for this rest of the year. And I felt at the end of the time that we were in a better space for God being in those big things. And so I would love to bring that to you today. I'm going to do this message via Genesis 13, 15 and 16, because this week I've been listening to Pray As You Go. And if you do listen to Pray As You Go on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday this week, they just had this little series on Abraham from these. And so I'm going to pick out some stories from there. So if um, you, you may be here a little if you've been listening to it during the week. But I think they're things that we can apply as we consider the second half of a year, which may well be going fantastically so far this year, or may well be going very difficult um, so far this year. We can apply it as we go into the next year and so bring some lessons from these scriptures and passages and hopefully with some closing thoughts bring us together so that we can lesson that we're going to explore is from the story of Abraham Abraham and Lot um, and the lesson that we're going to pick up as we work through these scriptures so you could turn if you like to um, Genesis 13 but I'll take you through the the process anyway is the importance of us opening up our eyes to what God is doing, to, to genuinely what God is doing. And so the story leading up to um, Genesis 13 is Genesis 12, where Abraham receives his great call from God to go into all the world, in a sense, to, to leave the land that he knew and to go somewhere else. And a lot of the scripture, the meta narrative of scripture, um, hinges on Genesis 12, 1 to 3. And so we find him in Genesis 13 on the move with his nephew Lot, both successful men, both wealthy men, lots of family, lots of followers, lots of livestock, and too big to share each other's space anymore. And so there has to be a parting of the ways. And so in Genesis 13, we pick it up at verse 8, and I'll be reading through and showing you some of it, but just listen if you like. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have fighting between us, between your shepherds and my shepherds. After all, we're family. Look around. Isn't there plenty of land out there? Let's separate. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Lot looked. He saw the whole plain of the Jordan spread out, well watered like God's garden, like Egypt and stretching all the way to Zoar. Lot took the whole plain of the Jordan. Lot set out to the east. So Lot goes this way. Um, that's how they came to part company. Uncle and nephew Abraham settled in Canaan. Lot settled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent near Sodom. The people of Sodom were evil flagrant sinners against God. And then we pick up the story for you to follow. After Lot separated from him, God said to Abraham, open your eyes, look around, look north, look north, look south, look east, look west. Everything you see, the whole land spread out before you, I will give to you and to your children forever. I'll make your descendants like dust. Counting your descendants will be as impossible as counting the dust of the earth. So on your feet, get moving, walk through the country, its length and breadth. I'm giving it all to you. And the chapter ends in verse 18. Abraham moved his tent. He went and settled by the oaks of Mamre in Hebron. And there he built an altar to God. It's been recorded through church history what that might have been. And I actually sort of, sort of like this idea of, of the, the, the gradual turning away that's taking place. 
So it's a great story. You may be familiar with the story, certainly from Sunday school or something like that, or, or, or your understanding and reading of the Scriptures over the years. But as we look at the story and as we apply it into the second half of our 2019, I wonder what we can learn about the big things and small things, the known things and the not yet known things that might be relevant to us as we go into the rest of the year. And I think one of the things that we're going to learn is this whole idea of opening our eyes to what God is doing, to look around and try and see God's big picture of what He might be doing in our lives. You see, Abraham's standing there and and generously, and Abraham's a very complex character in terms of the scriptures. I mean, he's, he's, he's the father in a sense of the faith, and yet he's, a, and yet he's a, a complicated, you know, kind of story that goes with him. But generously offers Lot the best if he wanted to take it, and, and Lot takes the best. He takes the well-watered, he takes the plain, he takes the fertile part. Not knowing, of course, that something's going to go on in Sodom at some stage, and then that's actually going to be the worst place. Um, uh, Abraham goes off to Canaan. Canaan, not knowing at that stage, but Canaan, which will become the land of milk and honey that we you know, sometimes talk about, sometimes talk about sort of almost the ultimate of the things that God's doing. And so they're there standing at a decision as to where to go. And the obvious thing is, Lot got the best part of this deal. But the thing that we know with the benefit of hindsight is that God actually blessed Abraham in that process, or Abraham at least ended up in the better part of that deal. How can we apply that into the rest of our 2019 to be rest assured, to be assured of God's plan, to be assured of God's bigness, to be assured that God is working something out, to be generous perhaps if we, if we want. And, and, and when, we, when we sort of stir towards all that, the sense of God saying, stand up and get moving, stand up and act, stand up and claim the areas that I've put you in. You know, live it to the full in a sense. I think it's a, it's a great and inspirational thing, particularly if you're like me and tend to be a doer. I, I am a bit of a fan of, you know, let's just make a decision and do it. You know, we can work through this thing. Let's make a decision and do it. And so there's a blessing that comes out, but open your eyes and look at what God's doing because he's going to be doing plenty as we work into the second half of our 2019. So then we move on to Genesis 15. For some reason, prayers you go, skip 14. So I'm just sticking with what we did over the time and we get to another story. So the story of Genesis 13 is the story of um, Abraham and Lot. The story of Genesis 15 is the story of Abraham and God. You have an incredible encounter between Abraham and God that we'll explore a little. And I think the message of today or the message that we can take out of it is to believe even in the dark, even when it's tough, even when it's difficult. And we'll find that a little through here. So we arrive in Genesis 15 and Abraham is despairing of his lack of a family, lack of offspring. It's sort of a bit of a theme that we'll go through. And so he's despairing that he will have to pass on his, his incredible wealth to his slave, which seems like a terrible thing to do. It seems kind of, you know, in some ways just, and, uh, just to me. But then, nevertheless, he's despairing of this thing. And so um, God does something incredible with Abraham. It says in verse 5 of 15, God took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them, which of course he couldn't. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. What a promise. And then in verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. 
Um, further on, as we read, and we'll come back to that perhaps a little, as the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slave, slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. And so we have this sense of God connecting with Abraham and painting again this big picture, this, this big picture, even in the time of him being in this thick and dreadful darkness. Um, I remember a time when I was in a thick and dreadful darkness. It was in um, 2001. And I guess it was, it's not the only time that it's happened, but, uh, but I, uh, in terms of my pastoral life, it is the darkest year that I've ever experienced. And so um, uh, we've been pastoring Fran and I for about seven or eight years, and it's like we j I just hit the wall. Fran didn't really hit the wall. I just hit the wall. And it was like for a, for a year or 15 or 18 months, it was just, it was thick and terrible. Um, it, was, it was hard slog. It was clearly I wasn't any good at this, and clearly you thought so as well. <laughs> not, not many of you were around in that time, but clearly it seemed like church thought so as well. It was incredibly hard slog. Hey, Shirley, you remember. You were there, and look, you're still here. Nico, look at this. Oh, some of you, some of you are still here. It's so true. But, you know, I reflect back on that and, you know, out of and beyond those moments, beyond those times, you're able to reflect back and you're able to see something of the bigness of God there. And the reality is all of us at some stage will know something of thick and terrible darkness. And you may be in it from the first six months of the year. You know, let's be honest and real. You know, life is very difficult sometimes for some people, people that we love and people for ourselves. Or indeed, we may enter some of that time in the second half of the year. There's no promise that says that that won't happen at some time along the way. But as we look into the second half of 2019, things big and things small, things known and things that we don't yet know, what can we learn from the story of um, Abraham meeting God, Abraham meeting God um, in this time? Well, we need to know that God is with us in the dark. And what do you do with God when you're in the dark? Well, I think this is what you do. You hang on to His promises. You hang on to the fact that He is good. You hang on to the things that you believe that He said to you in the past. You hang on to the things that are sure and true, and you hang on to each other. And you don't, and you, and you, and you stay there until you sense that God is doing something different as you remember this big picture. And he, as surely as night follows day, or as day follows night, sorry, will be there to bring you out of that time. As we go into, as we bring God into the rest of 2019, we get the opportunity of doing that. So we open our eyes to what God's doing as we look around, because there's lots of things that are happening that we may not know. And we, and we um, believe even when we were in the dark. So Abraham, this complicated character, believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. And it's like, you know, kind of, actually there's a lot of Abraham that I see that doesn't look righteous at all. But he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness because of his faith and hanging on through these difficult times. I think it's a very powerful thought. 
And then we get to Genesis 16. So we've had um, Abraham and Lot. We've had Abraham and God. And then we get Abraham, Sarai, and Hagar. So Abraham, because um, I've, I've, I've slipped up a few times, Abraham becomes Abraham eventually. Sarai's wife becomes Sarah. Hagar is an Egyptian slave. And so I think the lesson that we get here as we consider and think about the second half of our 2019 is the importance of making wise decisions. But you can see that line A, so that's good. The importance of making wise decisions, although knowing that God will make good your unwise decisions. And I think that's what we, you know, both of those are encouragements, I think, as we go into the second half of 2019 in relation to Genesis 16. So we arrive in Genesis 16, still no children, still no offspring, still nobody to pass on. And so Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarai, they hatch this plan that Abraham can have a baby with their slave, Hagar. And so um, he sleeps with Hagar and she conceives. And as soon as she's conceived, she conceives, she begins to despise her mistress. She begins to um, despise Sarah, Sarai. And so something, you know, kind of by this unwise decision that they have made, um, gets twisted in the whole thing. And so Peter Paul Rubens did this um, uh, sort of famous painting in the 1600s. And again, it's a bit like Mighty Ducks. I don't think it looks anything like that is what actually happened. But nevertheless, you've got you to kind of hand it over to um, uh, Renaissance art, don't you? So you can look at that as I take you through the rest of the story. So Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. So this contention that comes in here. I put my slave in your arms and now she's pregnant and she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. So this, you know, kind of this pulling together of a bit of common sense. And if we, you know, kind of add water and stir, we're going to get a lineage as, as, as many as the stars in the, in the sky is falling apart before we've even begun. And so, um, so she flees, Hagar flees. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert, and he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Which is a fantastic question to ask yourself as God kind of comes near. Where have you come from and where are you going? What a, what a great thing to ponder. She says, I'm running away. From my mistress Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, You are now pregnant, and you shall give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. And this is just so gobsmacking, I think. You are the God who sees me. What an amazing God who would follow this Egyptian slave who had been kind of abused by the, you know, the established order and the, the real religious guys um, into, into um, exile, basically, and going and, and who sees me. We see the importance of making wise decisions, but the goodness of God in coming back from decisions that are unwise. She says, I have now seen the one who sees me. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. 
So it's incredible, isn't it? So you can understand the panic. Abraham's um, 86 years old. Sarai is, is old herself, ultimately will have Isaac. You can, you can see the whole story unfolding of the, the three um, great monotheistic faiths. You know, sort of you can see um, Islam is beginning to come into, into being, as we'll see in history. Um, uh, Judaism is in the process of being formed in this Genesis account. And of course, Christianity is ultimately going to be formed out of, out of um, Judaism as Jesus arrives. And so you can see sort of the, the epic nature of what's taking place here. So again, though, how do we portray that? How do we take those things into the second half of our 2019? Well, I think one of the things is, of course, to make wise decisions, one of the things is don't sabotage yourself. I think sometimes we, we, we sort of we make things in a rush, we do things in a rush, and we, we sort of sabotage a good thing that God has in mind, even that we may not be able to see. That's what Abraham and Sarai did, and it, and it affected, you know, kind of affected us down to today. Um, I think in the, it means in the big things that we do, we should discern not to not decide. I'm, um, I'm studying over the, these two years with a spiritual growth ministries course, it's the course that Fran runs, and um, the assignment that I have to hand in tomorrow is on discernment. Um, and it's like I've just learned so much about discernment as opposed to decision. And it's like I realize I've spent so much of my life deciding things, often well, often because, you know, because I'm, I guess, intelligent and I've got some idea and, you know, kind of, you know, two and two make four and, you know, making great decisions and all of those sorts of things. So, but I've learned that discernment when, you, when you're bringing God into the mix, it's quite a different picture, quite a different thing. So it's not that we shouldn't decide because, because we do have all of those qualities. But discernment is a really important thing when we're bringing God into something, is a really significant thing. I think it says to us that if you're in trouble, don't run away. But if you have run away, or if you do run away, God will find you there too. And we might think that God's going to find us because we've been naughty or bad or something like that and can rebuke us. But I think the experience of Hagar is that she's going to meet God or you're going to meet God and you're going to discover that this is the God who sees me, not for my flaws and not for my faults, but to bring me back to a place of, um, I don't know, um, equilibrium, um, of restitution um, in a great place with God. And so I think as we look at those things, we, we get to realize that, again, the goodness of God, regardless of whether we get it right or not, we, we can hang our hat on in 2019, in the second six months, that we serve and live and love and worship a God who sees us through all of the tribulation that may come across the way. So it's half time in 2019. Half time. We're halfway through the year. Most of us, if I can go back to my home group, so we've got seven people there, and all of us shared things of substance. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I hope to buy a car, you know, or something like that. They were all substantial things. I, I was surprised, not that I didn't think that there would be anything to bring up, but I think well, I was surprised that all of us had big things, which would mean I would think I would extrapolate that out and say all of us here have big things that we know about or big things that will happen over the next six months, it's quite a it's a, it's a fearfully short period, but it's a, it's quite a long period if we sort of think about it along the way, isn't it? I've been doing a little bit of reading over the last week or so about a couple of phrases you may have heard of um, called practical atheism or pragmatic agnosticism. Practical atheism or pragmatic agnosticism, and it's basically taking a position 
that God, if there is a God, because obviously there's, there's question marks about God in both of those in terms of atheism and agnosticism, that if there is a God, that he's not interested or able to be part of our, a significant part of our everyday life. Um, and so one of the definitions of practical atheism is that in daily life, we live as if there is no God. And I thought about it and I thought, wouldn't it be a tragedy if we went into the second half of 2019 and practically lived as if there was no God? You know, and we believe in God, you know, kind of we worship God and we sing and all of those things. So, so it's, it's, it's certainly not an attack. But the idea of wouldn't it be a shame to go into the second half of a year that so much is at stake or so much could happen or so many invitations of God or so many um, you know, things that, that could um, take place, big or little, without him. Wouldn't that be a shame? Wouldn't it be just the worst thing that we could do? And so it occurs to me that as we think through these things that that we can, we can apply him in advance into the rest of our year. And I hope as we conclude that we will be able to do that. My experience coaching soccer, I, 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 I've never played soccer in my life, but I coached it for 11 years. Go figure that. So I was a rugby guy, but my kids played soccer, so I ended up coaching. And my, my experience of team talks, you know, um, New Zealand rugby people know Sean Fitzpatrick. You know, always used to at the, at the in the middle. He was the All Black captain in the 1990s. Always used to talk about a game of two halves, and so that was his thing. My experience of team talks is you can actually turn around a result that's not going your way, or you can foster a result that is going your way if you get it right. My experience, I guess, with team talks is you need to keep it simple and you need to have one clear message. And I guess as we close, I think that my message would be. Let's, in the second half of 2019, live like there is a God who is wonderfully and fully interested, a God who sees me, and bring him, deliberately bring him, walk with him, trust that he's there, look for evidence of him being there, and live like that is the case. I think that would make a big difference. It felt like it made a difference at home group. And I think it will make a difference to us, even in our congregation today. So open your eyes to what God is doing. Believe, even when you're in the dark, and make wise decisions. But know that if you make really unwise decisions, He is the God who sees me. I thought that was still up, but maybe I clicked it again. So let's stand. Let's stand. And so that's what we're going to do. That's what I'm going to ask you to do anyway. I don't know how you'll do that. But I guess if I follow the pattern of our home group, what it was is we just, we just shared around a room and said, here's a big thing that I have in mind. My trust is that you'll probably know what that is already, in general or specifically. So that's what I'd love you to do to start with. And then almost as a conscious, I don't know, you know kind of how this works in a sense, but by faith I think it works almost as a conscious, a deliberate placement of your faith, of your good God, of Jesus, whatever that looks like, the Spirit of God, and place Him there and remember Him there and know that He's going to be there. So I'll say some words, but it's, but it's a heart thing that I'm talking about. It's not, a, it's not a kind of getting it you know, right. So I just need you to enter in with me here. So let's, let's maybe close our eyes and, and let's pray.
So Lord, we, we reflect back on the first half, good, bad or indifferent. But we're here. And Lord, we project a little ahead. You know, God willing, we will all still be here come the December the 31st. And Lord, we recognize there are some things that we know and there'll be many things that we don't know as we consider our July, August, September, October, November, and December. And we just bring to mind, Lord, the things that are dominant right now as we consider the second half of 2019. And Lord, we, we invite you to be there. And we say you are there. Timeless God. And so we walk towards them with a confidence in who you are. Eyes open to what you're doing north, south, east and west conscious of the dark and how frightening that is but believing even in the dark and with a determination Lord that the things we decide or, or maybe the things we discern the really big stuff you'd help us be wise you'd help us hear your voice and if we stand here Lord with a sense of having been unwise. We just celebrate the fact that you're with us, that you'll lead us through, you'll help us forward. And so it seems pretty unspiritual in a way, but the only thing that I can think of to say is, and now relax into the second half. Just just allow yourself to, to, to trust, to be there, to let go, to hope, to get excited, to anticipate. And we thank you for all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Take it with you. God bless you in that. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.